Welcome to Heartspeak Podcast, episode 267. With chaos comes opportunities. Welcome to the Heartspeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host. Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world. It's good to be back with you. And wow, what an intense time we're living through. And this isn't going to get easier, my friends. So buckle up, be ready for the ride. And it really became so much more noticeable that things were happening last weekend. So alongside Saturn turning direct in Pisces, which caused a lot of irritability, anxiety, maybe tiredness. This was exacerbated by the fact that we had these solar flares, slow, strong solar storm coming towards Earth. And because of our weakened magnetic field, we had many people seeing these aurora in the sky, these wonderful, what we might call in the northern hemisphere, northern lights, lighting up the sky far down through the different atmospheres. We would never have seen them before coming towards the equator. Some of you may have seen them. And we all go, wow, isn't this magnificent? They look so wonderful. <laughs> but what they're signifying is a weakening magnetic field, which is accelerating in the speed of its weakening. And even though the sun is not overactive, we're starting to see these very high indexes of a geomagnetic storm affecting the Earth. And it causes many of those same signs of irritability, anxiety, difficulty sleeping, distortion to our central nervous system, to our cardiovascular system. And obviously, at some point, it might knock out the satellites, knock out the communications. So expect to see more of this. This is not going away. And we're going to see more lightning storms, uh, more disturbance to the environment, to maybe earthquakes, things happening that are caused by a disturbance to the magnetic field. And that's really what's happening here. So as we move from that, we also had at the same time was Saturn and Mercury coming together at some point, and they were really, they were squaring each other. And so what we were seeing, and we're going to continue to see, was this sort of Saturn stopping communication. Again, fortunately, there wasn't a, a loss of energy or loss of communication around the world, but it could have happened. But in ourselves, we may have found that we weren't being able to speak clearly or we were seeing gag orders, some suppression of communication getting out there. Now, we've been watching this happening over several years, but I think this is going to increase. And with Mercury going into Sagittarius, Sagittarius is about justice, truth, legal matters. And we're going to see Saturn trying to shut down the truth coming out or the communication coming out. But since Mars will also be going into Sagittarius, again, Mars wanting to be passionate about the truth and justice, I think we're going to see this play of energy where uh, the authorities that are trying to stop people talking won't be able to hold back the dam and that the truth is going to come out. 
Now, along with what is, this, what is the truth, we're also seeing issues because the sun and Mars and Mercury at presently are in Scorpio. And so we're seeing this amazing Scorpionic energy. And that Scorpionic energy is about secrets. Let us hear the secrets. What are the secrets that are to be told? So again, there may be attempts to try and stop the knowledge coming to the surface, the secrets being told. But I see it like um, a flood of energy. It's like a dam is breaking. You can't hold it back. And so secrets or whistleblowers are coming to the surface or people are speaking out that you would never have expected to hear. Wow, fancy them having a point of view. And you might find that in yourself, that I'm no, willing to, no more willing to stay safe. I, I'm no will, more willing to not communicate what is true. And I think there's that that's coming forth now. It's, as I say, like a dam is bursting. So from the 11th to the 14th of November, we have a very intense time where Mars in Scorpio is opposite Uranus in Taurus. Now, as I've spoken about before, Taurus and Scorpio are very determined signs, one stubborn, one determined, but very powerful. And Mars wants to get freedom and Uranus wants to get freedom, but in different ways. It wants to it, it's, it wants to see changes. And so what we're seeing as Mars and Uranus come together, it's saying, yes, we need change, but we need to do it in a different way. And I think that's a feeling we're all having. It's not just that you may want peace in the world, but we have to do it differently. Whatever we're doing, we have to do something differently. And I'm going to speak about that later on. And so Uranus in Taurus, I've spoken about this a lot, Uranus in Taurus is unexpected things happening to food supplies, finances, security, nature, etc. And so what we have with Mars and Uranus opposing each other at this time, we may see dramatic, unexpected events happening in, in those different areas. And of course, we're seeing that in many of the wars where food is being limited or security or finance. And what we're recognizing is those who have the money or have the control, and that has to change. So rather than throwing money at a situation, we have to understand where that money is going and who is using that money in a way that controls the greater good. So very intense times. And we could see earthquakes, we could see volcanoes, we could see dramatic events happening between that 11th, 14th. I hope not, but this is a really good time to balance your own energies, keep yourself centered, because we don't need to find that insecurity within ourselves. And because Scorpio is such a powerful, intense energy, Mars in Scorpio, we're also going to see the sort of triggering of energy. So without thinking about something, there's, there's going to be reaction, unexpected reactions. And, and again, we all hope that that doesn't happen. But for ourselves, we need to keep our own energies quiet. Now, in the midst of this, <laughs> as if we hadn't got enough problems, we have a new moon in Scorpio. So moon, sun, 
21 degrees, 13th of November. And Mars, you could say, is also on top of the moon and the sun at that time. And we also have Ceres, and Ceres is the goddess of harvest. So it, again, it tends to make us think that something may dramatically may happen to the ability to feel the abundance of harvest, the ability to be fed, there may be some disruption to the food supply, something happening that they may cause some concern about how much food do we have, what is available to us. So Ceres is very much about how do we nurture ourselves. Ceres in Scorpio is about, you know, what do we do to, to make sure not just that we have food, but that we enjoy the food or we celebrate the food or we nurture ourselves with it. It's not just enough to have it. And I think that's a, a key point to what's going on now. It's not about having and owning and possessing. It's about celebrating and using. And that's important for us all at this time. And somehow I feel that Mars in Scorpio, Sirius in Scorpio, even the sun and the moon in Scorpio, are really evoking the power of the crone. And so if we think of three faces of the great, of the great mother, the virgin, the more Piscean-like energy, new ideas, the mother energy, more like a Cancerian energy about taking care of, and then the crone energy is the Scorpio that says, actually, something needs to change. We need to create chaos in order for new life to be born. And what I like to say about the crone energy is, she says to us, I love you so much. I will not let you be less than you are. Therefore, I'm going to destroy you. That might sound very dramatic, but I'm sure you understand the principle of Sometimes chaos feels absolutely terrible, frightening. You're no longer aware of what is known to you. But I think in these times, jumping into the cauldron of change is where we need to be. The idea that what maybe we've been doing up to now has not allowed us to be all that we are, and we're ready for some change. And recently I was listening to someone talk about, well, why... You know, why are the ETs allowing these wars to continue? And the message was, first of all, it's nothing to do with us. It's to do with humans. The second message is, is sometimes we only make changes when things are at a crisis point. And I know that's true for me as an individual, probably for you and, and certainly around the world. It's only when we're faced with real loss or we're faced with something that we treasure that we we make changes in our life and sometimes that's fighting for our own life isn't it sometimes it's just saying okay i have to i have to fight for my freedom i have to fight for what i believe in rather than just accepting that it may or may not be there so this crisis i think is bringing out the best in people but it's also bringing forward people who are willing to speak out against what they may have in the past just went, oh, okay, I'll just let it slide. So people are speaking up in ways I think they never did before. And I've seen that even around the whole COVID experience. 
So maybe we are so stubborn as humans that we need a crisis before something truly magnificent occurs, is born. Maybe we are waiting for that to occur. So these next few days, these next few weeks, I think we are going to see things very chaotic, but see them as opportunities for change. And whether they're in your life or the, the world as such, rather than saying, I wish everything would calm down, say, okay, great crone, well, whoever you pray to, be it Lilith or Kali or Erishkegel, whoever you, or Mary Magdalene, say, okay, knowing that things are not the best way they could be for all of humanity, I'm willing to go through chaos to bring the very best forward. Let it be born now. Let it be birthed. Close all the doors not in harmony with my soul and open those that are. I'm willing, I'm willing to let go of what I thought was enough to have what is perfect, what is wonderful in my life. So we have this period of time that I wanted just to share with you. Secrets are coming out. There are attempts to block some of that. I think in the next few weeks after this, as Mars moves into Sag, as does Mercury, justice, truths are going to come forward. Be very mindful of recognizing that someone else's truth may not be your truth. What we're looking for is a, is a fairer, a more just world. And this takes me just to this next stage of really trying to understand what is the world out there? And I've been looking quite a lot about holograms. I love holograms, as, as I've talked about before. But I've been looking at the holographic mind and understanding that what we see in the world is truly reflected from our own minds, our own brains create what we see. And we're starting to understand that more and more with things like virtual reality. So someone puts their goggles on and they're now wherever they are fighting a battle or doing something. And in that person's mind, just with some goggles, they truly believe they are in that field of action or in that room, etc. Now they take the goggles off and they come back to what they consider reality. But what we're seeing is just with the use of some goggles, you can suddenly imagine yourself somewhere else. And what allows us to do that is this holographic mind, this understanding that your imagination is being triggered to perceive that what you see is true. And I followed some of the work that was done, and certainly Carl Jung was fascinated by holograms. But some of the earlier work was also done by um, a man, Professor Preham, and he was interested in trying to understand where memories were stored in the brain. And he said, okay, I'm going to find out where memories are stored. They've got to be in a certain part of the brain. Well, like it or not, they did some experiments on rats and where they almost removed all the brain and the rat could still run the maze. And they said, well, how can that rat run the maze when they don't have any brain. Where's that memory stored? So you could say, well, cellularly, and that's certainly true. 
But this professor also came to the conclusion, he said, well, maybe in the brain, when we believe that neural impulse is running along an axon, maybe they're so close, these wires, these wires in our brain, that they're actually having a relationship with each other. They're sharing information. And that's where he came into the idea of the holographic brain, that maybe it's the whole brain that carries all the information. And maybe rather than having a memory in one place or another place, just like any hologram, each piece of the brain contains the whole memory. Just depends how it's seen. And this then went to another level where I loved this idea was what they were, when they were looking at a hologram, they understood that you could have one photographic plate and send different images onto that photographic plate from different angles and store all that information on one photographic plate. I may have explained this before, but it excites me so much. So you don't need lots of photographic plates to be able to bring to life an image. You just need one, but that plate is the ability to bring out of that photographic plate a holographic image depends on you shining a light at the same angle that the uh, image of the apple, for instance, was actually sent into that photographic plate. So you, you send images all into the photographic plate from different angles, use that same angle to bring into life a 3D hologram. Brilliant. So if you think of your brain as just one large photographic plate, which contains what we call interference patterns, just patterns, but they're all there. We call it your imagination. So we could say your, your brain contains every potential. If you can imagine it, it is real for you. If you can't imagine it, it doesn't exist on that photographic plate. Make sense? So what's interesting is we have that in our language, don't we? We say, what's your angle on this? By which we mean, what's your opinion? How do you see this? And it's so interesting that your, our perception of, our, of a hologram is based on the angle that we see it. And so here we are. What's happening is that things are happening in the world and you are receiving impulses through your senses. Maybe you're watching something or you're hearing something, but you're not actually seeing it. It's literally you are receiving impulses through your ears, through your eyes, through your touch, through your smell, etc. And all of those impulses are then being received by the brain that then translate them into a 3D reality. Ah, so you feel that, you see that, that. Oh, so what it does is it triggers memories that are there on that photographic plate and say, ah, Christine, you've got that memory in there. This is what this means. So literally, it's not the fact that we're seeing something or it's not our vision. It is our memory of a similar impulse reaching our brain 
that is creating our reality in front of us. Make sense? And so what we know, for instance, the brain doesn't have to receive absolutely perfect images or absolutely perfect auditory impulses. It will make up a story. We all know how to do that. So basically, it can just receive half of the information and it will say, hmm, let's go into that memory bank. Oh, here we go. This looks like this. And we see that reality. So everything is just happening in our brains, which is being translated into what we believe is consciousness or reality. I am conscious of this happening. So if we always only see it from one point of view, we keep seeing the same thing, and by which I mean we keep enhancing the holographic belief. Ah, there we are. I told you that was like that. Now, in this time of chaos, we're going to get triggered. So all of these events happening in the sky are triggering old memories. What we have to decide is not to become reactive because, oh, there it is, that's happened, I knew that, that's, there it is again. Maybe we have the courage to take a small step and say, what if I saw it from a different point of view? What if I saw it from a different angle? What if I walked a mile in someone's moccasins? And what we're seeing, we also have the sun and moon, the new moon, also trining Neptune in Pisces. So Neptune in Pisces is saying there's an unlimited potential, an unlimited source of opportunities here. How do you want to see it? And that's why I'm calling this chaos offers opportunities because it's not about saying this has to be this way. It's saying open your eyes, open your ears, open yourself to the unlimited possibilities that are now being offered to you. Even though you're being triggered by this certain activity, recognize that you have a choice how you react to it. And that takes courage because we have to stop our reaction. We have to stop our, oh, you know, one and one equals two. We have to say, whoa, hang on a minute. That's only if I actually put a, put a, want to put one and one. Maybe I don't want to put one and one anymore. Maybe that's a strange idea, but I'm really trying to say is if we can stop our reaction and recognize that in the midst of chaos, we have choice. In the midst of chaos, we're being offered multiple ways of seeing this, multiple ways of experiencing it. And if we just have the courage to stop, change our angle of view, maybe listen to someone else's point of view, the world will change immediately. Change is not going to come from the world by action. It's going to come by changing our minds, changing the angle at which we perceive the world. And if we are triggered to go back into old memories, it's time for us to clear those memories. It's time to say, okay, I've spent so many years reacting to that sort of trigger. I'm going to see something from a different point of view. I'm going to place myself in a different position and see how that feels. And that's the joy of parallel lives, parallel 
the idea that we're living many lives at one time. What would it be if you weren't that little child that experienced that? What if you were the adult who saw it? What if you, you weren't in the house at the time, you were outside the house? You can do anything. Changing the, the, whether it's our position or how, who we are, to have that experience made such a big difference to the world around us. So please, during this time, breathe out, hold, hold your breath out, clear your mind, Take a step even physically and just say, how do I wish to perceive this? How do I wish to believe the world is going to be? Because in your beliefs, you can change the world overnight. Until next time, take care. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the archive podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of Heartspeed.